Welcome to Let's Eat, all queers, all food, all the time. With your hosts, Honey LaFleur and JT Newman. Oh, hi, I'm Honey LaFleur. <laughs> You're reluctant foodie. Yeah. <laughs> Izzy, tell us who you are. I'm uh, Izzy Goldberg, and I'm an amateur pizzaolo. That's awesome. And you run a pizza company in Portland. Uh, yeah, a very small little uh, small gathering uh, pizza catering thing just, just starting out. Super fun. I'm JT Newman. Um, I am also an amateur chef and I am um, someone who loves food and does food reviews and talks about food. And um, for, for a living, I do fundraising for an arts high school, but um, I'm like super excited about this podcast. It's our second episode. Um, we're, so we're just starting out too. Honey and I have been doing this podcast, doing a podcast together um, for the last 10 months or so. Um, and then we decided to pivot to food a couple weeks ago. So yeah. Very we're cool. so excited to have you because we're, yeah. <laughs> we're all just starting out. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. uh, anytime I can talk about food, I'm like, yes, yes. So tell us about Pizza Darling. How did it start? Um, Pizza Darling started uh, because I was going crazy during the pandemic and uh, was burnt out from being a massage therapist and needed a lot of space from that, but still needed to be creative and all my usual hobbies, um, you know, like woodworking and, and other things just weren't, weren't scratching that itch. And I was just already just going over to my, the people that I was hanging out with in my pod to cook over at their house all the time. So trying cooking was the, was the best way, the best kind of self-therapy for me. And then saw a YouTube video about how to build a brick pizza oven in your backyard like super easy go to the hardware store with 100 bucks and come back and be able to make a, a pizza <laughs> and i was like hey brian look, look at this video i think we can do this like i i was you want to try and so we built it in a and then i watched watched a bunch of videos on how to cook a pizza in a, in a pizza oven and then boom we made pizza that is amazing what a cool story i love that I love that. Go to Home Depot with a hundred bucks and 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 get yourself some supplies. So yeah. you were not a chef before you started um, your no, no a little bit of food experience with like events, so big barbecues. I worked at a Whole Foods for a second, uh, grilling vegetables in their vegan grill department, and uh, uh, and then you know some other big hosting private hosting things that that were a lot of fun um but this is my first go at doing something specifically just food and specifically just me yeah cool honey you go uh so i mean i feel it's so funny because like izzy and i know like full disclosure izzy and i know each other very well and i like I mean, getting to the second piece, right, of like amateur chef versus like chef. I don't even want to add real to it, but like from amateur to real, it's like I see you as a chef. Like you are my friend that cooks and you're a chef. I mean, JT, I would even call you a chef. I think the whole like, so yeah, like how, like how do you 
feel about that sort of like, cause I know that you yourself use it. And I think that there is this like, maybe uh, sort of honoring the fact that like certain chefs like go to school or like learn things or like they have all this like history or like um, experience behind them. But also, I mean, I have been to your house for dinner many a time and it is a fucking experience and a half, which is why like for me, I would still call you a chef because like you take care of the people around you. Like you experiment with food. You are very aware of like what you're doing in that way that I feel like, I don't know. I mean, I also like know someone who used to work as a chef at Charlie Trotter's and like, they're all D bags. So like I have attitude about chefs. (laughs) Yeah. But so like, I just, yeah, I'm so curious. Yeah, chef to me is, um, you know, just a, you, I guess like when you put like a, a, a sir or what's the thing that you put in front of a little, little oomph to give your, to know that that's the person who is the leader, who has command, who is bottom line at the end of the meal. If it sucks, it's their fault. <laughs> Nobody else's. So it, when I say pizzaolo, that's pizza chef. And, um, you know, it, it, it's a it's it's definitely an honor to be able to say you know I, I'm not quite where I want to say like I'm a chef but if somebody wanted to come in and help me in the kitchen and then said yes chef I'd be like then now do this <laughs> I would continue going because that would be him that would be them showing me respect and that would be really cool <laughs> yeah. yeah I think of it a lot of the same way um I don't call myself a chef presently because I don't make my living from it and so for me like I worked in a kitchen in New York City for six months I was a cook they were very clear I was a cook you know I was the garde manger which is keeper of the cold keeper of the pantry or keeper of the cold foods I call it the salad bitch so I was (laughs) in a restaurant in New York City for six months before the pandemic and you know, like I think of chef also as someone who has more like the bottom line kind of situation, the the honorific of it. And mm-hmm. I also think of a chef for me as someone who has more more professional experience, just like from for my for my own self, like I wouldn't call myself a chef, but I'm not doing pop ups, you know, like I'm just talking mm-hmm. about food and driving around Route 66 and trying to find good custard and like, yeah, and probably more food media gal and chef but yeah it's it's interesting like a lot of the chef people that you know come out of the tradition of you know French training or um come out of culinary school want to call themselves a chef like and don't want anyone else to take that but I don't feel like that's right yeah no it just it just depends on what context you're using chef and what where you're from so and those dudes, we'll call them dudes, that want to hold on to that chef title in that world that's important to them. So let them have it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's so yeah. much about- but If they're going to come and poo-poo on me, I'm going to like, fuck you. Yeah. I mean, it's so much about the straight, straight white hierarchy, patriarchy kind of culture too. You know, yeah. it's like all about like, you know, doing- doing your internship and being in the kitchen and slaving underneath someone and like earning this title. 
very yeah. what, a chef that I really admire and follow a lot is um, Kenji Lopez Alt. He wrote Food Lab, the, the book Food Lab, and he recently wrote a post um, commenting on Gordon Ramsay's fame and what a d bag he is, and that he would never work in his kitchen and never treat anybody, any of his staff that way, and that he thinks it's wrong for young cooks and anybody getting into the food industry to think that that's the way that you need to be treated to become a good chef. He says it's bullshit. And I love that he's trying to change the, the game and the way that young cooks are mentored. He's like, no, fuck that. Like the best training that he ever got were from kind chefs and were from ones who took their time to, and you know, and that definitely gave him a reason to hustle. And, you know, I, I like hearing those stories. So. I think I think it's yeah. it's changing. We don't need to listen to the dudes as much. We can listen to the minorities who are the ones who are lifting all those dudes up, and now have their own kitchens and have their own shows and are spectacular and writing books and oh, love it. It's super yeah, cool. yeah. I mean, I feel like I remember you and I uh, after Supper Club watching um, what was that show on Netflix that like. Um, featured a lot of like chefs around the country. Oh, chef's table. Yeah, chef's table. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It was so wonderful, and it really like focused on a lot of uh, chefs that were kind of doing something different, or like, um, you know, and like lots of folks of color. There were very few people. Yeah, involved. the newer seasons are a lot. Better. What? They said the newer seasons are a lot better. Oh, good. Fun. But yeah, it like, I always feel like, uh, you know, I, at least like, yeah, I don't know. I also always go back to the like scene of Real Housewives of New York City when Kelly um, Ben Simone tried to call Bethany not a chef because, because she like didn't no. have a restaurant. Oh, <laughs> and no. Bethany was like, cool. <laughs> um. And that always like had me very interested in that conversation of like, who, like, how do we define chef? Like who gets to call themselves a chef? And, and like, what is that, that we're playing into with that? And I do think that a lot of it is this, like, this like really ancient hierarchical um, and patriarchal for, for sure. Just sort of like almost royalty where it's like, you just put up with such shit. Like you read all these stories of like, you know, like I know someone who works for Charlie Trotter and I have horror stories from, from that. And like, I read Anthony Bourdain's book and it, he like went through a bunch of bullshit too. And it's like, why do we do Like, why do we put people through such abuse? I'm sure there well, are plenty of other professions. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, think about how um, making food for the masses was cultivated throughout history both during war and for soldiers. And I remember Anthony Bourdain or another uh, chef talking about like being in, in a kitchen is like being in the military. And it's, it's just brought up that way. You're just like, there's rank and there's an order and you gotta fucking get through the shit to get through the top. And that's, that's how it goes. And, and, uh, and I can definitely see that as far as the food history, but um, no, yeah. we don't fucking need to do that because that's all tied into the war complex and the patriarchy and colonization and mm. there are definitely a lot a lot of different ways to feed a lot of people 
without treating the people who make the food like shit. <laughs> I mean, and speaking of how people make food. Oh, go ahead. Please I was like, ahead. I was just gonna say, I definitely think that's right. I think Me Too broke apart a lot of that in the restaurant industry too. Um, there was a lot of a lot of stuff that happened, especially in New York, with like the Spotted Pig and and all of the, the chef there, and just um, you know, people like kind of pulling it apart and saying we don't have to do this anymore. Go ahead and ask your question, honey. I'm sorry. Um, no, it's fine. I was just gonna say, uh, like thinking about your last thing about like how the food is made. I have seen you cook a lot and I really love how you cook. And I wonder if like, I wonder if you've ever been sort of like intentionally uh, like avoidant of that kind of like militaristic style, or if it's just because that's like how you cook and like, that's, you know, what, cause your environment is very different, right? Like even at the first pop-up that you had, you were very like fun and conversational and you were at times like, I'm running a little behind, but like, it still didn't really affect the like Izzy that I know in the kitchen. Yeah, and the experience. There's just a lot more control when it's a small group and um, and it's a private party, which which is why that's the way I prefer to do it. I don't I don't want to work in a restaurant. You know, I've, yeah, I've had the opportunities and I, I've been in the behind the scenes. My brother has has definitely worked in catering and restaurants and. A, a big pizza place and he's like is it fucking sucks and I was like yeah I know I know I have enough friends who are in the service industry where they're just like yeah you should just, just stick to doing what you love and I'm like okay I'm gonna do that but I want to cook for more people so I'll start I'll just scale it and when it starts to not be fun I'll just state the size that it's fun and right now small groups is fun oh JT you're muted sorry my dogs are barking <laughs> Um, talk to me about the creation. So you, you make pizzas, what kind of style is it? Like what, what's your focus? Where ingredient wise, where are you looking? Like talk about the process of making and creating. Well, right now it's still learning. So I'm focusing on, on toppings and tastes that I really enjoy and charcuteries and uh, other products that have already been made. So my grocery store, which is below my apartment, uh, is Green Zebra, and they source from just just locally. And they found uh, a lovely little bakery called Pirate Bread that uh, makes their own pizza dough, and it's sourdough, 48-hour uh, cold ferment, and it is spectacular. So I I don't I don't I haven't even tried to make my own dough yet. I have other friends that love to bake, and they've made their own dough for me to come. And are we pausing? Oh, okay. yeah. So, um, uh, where was they? They'll make their own dough, and I've experimented with with theirs. Um, but it, it, the one that I buy from the grocery store is great. I make my own pesto, which is a lot of fun. Um, my one of my favorite pizzas to make uh, is called First Crush, and it's just a broccoli and pesto uh, pizza. Uh, lots of garlic, lots of red red pepper flake and extra olive oil and, and, and uh, flaky salt at the end and simple and it's, it's the best. And, and it called First Crush because when I first moved to Portland, uh, I went to Next Adventure 
uh, to buy a wetsuit to go rafting with a first friend that I had made in a, in a college class. And she was really cute. So I flirted with her and I asked for her number and she was like, you're cool. And I don't really want to go on a date, but do you want to be friends? I was like, yeah, let's be friends. <laughs> and she was a cool person where it was okay to be a, a, have a crush on her. She was just like, yeah, whatever. That's cool that you like me. I, I think you're cool. Is it okay if we can just be friends? I was like, yeah, of course. The, the crush will go away. And it did. And she was, she, she like took me under her wing. She was queer and I learned how to be in Portland with her. And uh, she passed, she was in a, a motorcycle accident a few years ago. And I love that I have this pizza to, to remember her. It's a fun story. That's really lovely. Yeah, mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've got to get my, um, my timing down with the pizzas as they come out, as we keep doing the, the, the pizza brunch, I'll be able to sh share each story um, as they come out. Timing's not quite there yet, but that's, it's, it, it's more of an experience and an expression of me and each pizza kind of has a little, a little piece of me in it. And what I've noticed that I really enjoy that when I'm eating, when I'm watching a, a food show and the chef starts to tell the story of why the food tastes good. I'm like, of course it tastes good. That story was amazing. So <laughs> I wanted to do the same thing. If I'm going to play, I'm going to play the way I like to eat <laughs> and see and, and, and experience the food when I go out into the wild. What other pizzas do you make besides the first crush? Uh, first crush then is a uh, fudge pie, which is a... Uh, a graduation of butch pie, which uh, I, we were out to brunch once and somebody ordered the quiche and, and she was like, you know, what is quiche, but really just butch pie. And we're like, yeah, that makes, that makes sense. So for, from that point on, all quiche is butch pie. And so I was like, I wonder if I can make a quiche and a pizza for a breakfast pizza and I'll call it butch pie. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, and I got the idea um, from making carbonara, pasta carbonara. So I do a Parmesan slurry with egg. And first I'll do a garlic olive oil base. And then I'll do the, the slurry with purple potatoes sliced really thinly. Um, and I'll put bacon, but I think I might try just a vegetarian one next time or not vegetarian, but meat-free, so the people that don't mind eggs will still eat it. Uh, and kale, and a lot of Parmesan, mozzarella, and that's it. That's great. And then I throw on, after it comes out, then on the side, you know, quiche always comes with a good salad. So I got like a peppery mustard greens mix with lemon and pepper and salt and simple. Sounds delicious. So mm -hmm. exciting. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. What's pizza brunch? Talk about that. Pizza brunch is a, is a little private brunch party that I do for the Vessel Society, which is a, a, a club that I'm a part of. It's also a co-working uh, space. It's very cool. And it, it's a really great way for me to like practice 
this little pop-up and being with larger crowds, because I've been just been going to folks' backyards and doing kind of like really low-key backyard stuff. So this was a, an opportunity to get a little fancier and do larger groups. And I, that's when I, I want to grow from there mm -hmm. and see what happens. Um, is your pizza oven portable? It is. I got the one of the unis. Uh, it's the Una, Uni Coda 12. It's the little one. Um, their big one, which was the one I was going to order, was on back order because it was on the big boat that was stuck in the canal. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, and they just got that shipment um, uh, a few weeks ago, and I've had this pizza oven for a few months now. Um, so if this keeps going well, I'm, I'm gonna get the, the new, new one that just came out, which is gas and wood-fired, 16 inches, also portable, um, but not as portable as this one. This one's 24 pounds, and you just have to connect it to a, a gas tank, a propane tank, really. Okay, so you had the pizza oven in your backyard for $100. Yeah. That's the Home Depot thing, and that's separate yeah. from pizza oven that's portable. Okay, because I was picturing that like somehow, you rigged the pizza oven from Home Depot onto a trailer. Like, <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> no, no, candy, not yet. Candy Portland Butch Magic that I am, I'm just like, <laughs> I have chills. Honestly, I'm sure I, it could I happen. Have, I know some, some butch magicians that if I said, do you think you could make this? They'd be like, hold my beer, hold my kombucha, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. I love that your 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 large pizza oven was stuck in the canal. Like that is that is the closest I've I've come to it being personal. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. I kept checking because I for I I was waffling for you know a couple of weeks and I was like, all right, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. I'm like, no, all right, I'm gonna, I really want to play with this oven because I had made the brick oven and we were using it all the time and I'm using up a lot of wood and and, and charcoal and that's fun and fabulous but it was still pre-vaccination where everybody was out and about so I was still just making pizza for two people mm -hmm. and then and then for other people it wasn't it wasn't that I wasn't able I wasn't able yet to make the pizza for, for, for my people and all right I'm gonna get this pizza oven and part of me re-emerging into the world will be making pizza for my friends and then making pizza for my friends turned into I really want to make a pizza. I really want to make more pizza for bigger groups. And Hani was like, we want to do a pizza, do something at the vessel. I'm like, yeah, let's do this. And she's like, okay. That's so yeah. Love it. It was great. Yeah. I think for me, one of the fun things about uh, like cooking with you or like, I mean, I, I never have any part in it because I'm useless in the kitchen, but like one of my you favorite things Yes. <laughs> is that like, I, I like, I get to always hear your passion for food, like, right. Like as a reluctant foodie, like I will always appreciate good food if you will put it in front of my face, but I will never be the one that will ever enjoy cooking. I've tried it. It's just like not there. <laughs> um, and like, sometimes I'll get a little bug up my butt and be like, we're going to do something fun. And then it always, I always hate it. Like, It'll turn out fine, but I hate the process. Like, it's just never been my thing. But I think like you have been one of the people that have always kind of like 
poked at that little spot for me that's like maybe this could get fun and it's like I just don't have the connection to food that you do so I'm constantly just like in awe of being around you in the kitchen because you love it so much so um speaking of the connection does that is that a familial thing um does that go back into your past or how how did you start loving food my mom um is a massage therapist just like me and she was working all the time and so to spend time with her I was doing drawers with her uh folding sheets and cooking meals and I um was a pretty neurotic kid thinking back on it now and, and understanding myself more I did not like to be dirty ever like I could shower twice a day and be happy um but when I was cooking it was okay to be dirty it was okay I didn't feel the um, neurodivergent or the, the tactile things that I felt when I was playing outside when other kids were playing in the dirt that felt gross when I was playing with flour that was you know it's so weird that should have been felt like the same thing but that that made sense that was controlled and and, and safe and um and you can experiment I remember being mean to my brother like mixing <laughs> you know soy sauce and milk and say look look Luke's chocolate milk is for you drink it up real fast and you'd be like oh yeah (laughs) doing big big sibling things like that um and then old when I got older um you know baking for friends was always fun um and then when I, be, when I was like learning about my sexuality and being queer and starting to date people, when my first uh, scandalous affair with, was with an older woman when I was 20 and she was in her forties and married. And uh, she, we would go to San Francisco and she took me to, to try sushi and steak tartare for the first time and dim sum and Indian food. And, you know, you know, fuck, she was grooming me, right? <laughs> with all of this amazing food. Um, but I was consenting, it was delicious. Uh, <laughs> and and from, from there, wanting to learn how to make it and, and wanting to be a good partner and, you know, kind of model after, you know, my parents. I wanted to show that I loved my partner who would make the foods that I had to learn how to make, like, Japanese curry and spam fried rice and you know you know all the the basic family dinners spaghetti and meatballs and casseroles and you know and then funky you know Hawaiian barbecue stuff and um, lomi lomi salmon and it it, it, it was it was fun to kind of know how much I had gathered I remember being young and thinking wow I know I know a lot more than my peers know about cooking and I that I realized and recognizing back then that that was that was a cool skill to have and could be a really wonderful way to connect with folks and be a buffer when I was feeling overwhelmed with anxiety or overwhelmed in a crowd like I could go and make something I could go and be like, do you need a drink? Do you need a snack? I can go to the kitchen and I can get that for you. And then come back with something that was gonna make them feel good. And then I had time to regulate myself. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was always a way to, to cope in, in, in really easy ways. And now food 
food is just, I just love um, how it brings folks together. And, and um, uh, it's, uh, I, the cacophony that happens after all the food has been made and a couple of glasses of wine are going and I have left to go and take care of dessert and I can hear new people talking with, with new people they've never met before and laughing and that is like the sweetest sound in the world to me. That's super, so wonderful. I feel like we're all hungry for that after the pandemic too. Like yeah. just that that community, that's partially why I thought that we should start this podcast to talk about queers and community and food because I feel like people really are starving for it, literally. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that that just like cacophony that you talk about, it's like, it's so you. And I, I will also never forget like uh, the meal that you made for me after my surgery, you like came over like, and I thought you were just going to like bring some, some spam fried rice or whatever. And like, you brought a whole experience with you. It was like, it was so cool. You brought like beverages for us, um, like something for Ferris, something for me. It was like, it was just such a fun thing that I should have expected, but like, <laughs> I was expecting Izzy to come with like Tupperwares and no, Izzy came with like the fucking walk. Uh, like all, like everything, because also we have nothing in our home that would support Izzy's type of cooking. I wanted to entertain and cheer you up. And you did. Going back to li being little, I love to watch my mom cook, which is why I still love to watch cooking shows. You know, the, the YouTube shows where they're talking and cooking, even the live streams I'll watch. Um, because it reminds me of being little and you know watching somebody I love make food for me lovingly and, mm. and, and you can see the same thing happen to really good cooks and really good chefs that are just in 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 the zone oh my new favorite person is the Hawaiian pickle lady <laughs> I know on YouTube yeah Hawaiian pickle lady look her up she's like this this tiny little Asian woman uh, she lives in Las Vegas now, but she was in Hawaii and she wrote this pickling book in like the 80s or 90s. And she's in all of these magazines and newspaper articles that she showed off. And she's like, you can't get my book anymore. But my grandchildren were saying that I needed to show people how to do how to do all these things. So they've helped me create this channel. And she's like, has all these classic recipes like jalapia and rice cake and these, all these Korean dishes and Vietnamese dishes and, and all these incredible Pacific mesh experiments that just happened in the islands um, that I know my mom grew up on that, that I have vague recollections of and, and like she makes it and like, I, I think I know what that tastes like. I'm gonna try to make it <laughs> and um, it's great. I love how they, uh, these food wow. shows transport me to these places you know I think that's how sports work for some people that's how music works for some people you know that's how concerts or or, or or whatever it just transports them someplace safe and magical and food cooking creating watching you know 
I would absolutely go and watch Alden Brown on, you know, Iron Chef. <laughs> I would go to that show. And I, would, <laughs> and I would be that food nerd. Yeah. I have a little crush on Alton Brown. Not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, he's like he's like the science nerd geek of uh, foodies. It's yeah, his his story is so interesting too because he he got he got into the food by way of being a theater person oh. and wanting to in the 90s wanting to do something different and entertaining and like he was like looking at all the food shows and like food is boring like I can make this interesting and so took all of his like drama knowledge and 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 uh, science and, and being able to break things down um and created a whole new way of appreciating food yeah the old episodes of good eats are really good to watch they're so much fun yeah. interesting it's got a little bit of like you know mansplaining in it but also I have heard from somebody that I like I don't even know if I can say we dated. I think we just like would hook up a lot. Uh, who was in culinary school and he like Alton Brown came to like guest speak a couple of times. And apparently he's a little bit off his rocker. So I guess <laughs> the dramatics are not still lost. <laughs> I was watching some of his live streams um, during lockdown with his, uh, with his new wife. And uh, yeah, you're bonkers. Oh, yeah, you're, you're- creatively bonkers no yeah that's like a thousand projects going on at the same time and that is totally where my crush comes from i'm like he is crazy cuckoo crazy awesome yeah wow yeah yeah huh so you've mentioned a couple of times um your mom and the pacific islands all right what is your what's your background um yeah, my mother's um, from Hawaii. She's Portuguese, Hawaiian, uh, Chinese. And then my dad is from the mainland, as we like to say. Um, he's uh, Swedish, Finnish, and Jewish. And so, and then my grandmother uh, had a German stepmother and taught her a lot of German meals. So we used a lot of cabbage in ways that Asians didn't use cabbage, so there's mm. cabbage and gravies. That was, mm-hmm. that was, that was different. Um, and yeah, and that's that background. And we moved from uh, the islands from Oahu to the mainland to California when I was just a baby. My father is a ranch manager and uh, got a job on a ranch to manage his dream ranch. And my mother was in insurance at the time and burnt out. Uh, she managed an insurance agency uh, and wanted to quit doing that and got into massage therapy. And so that was her second career and she's still doing it now. And grew up in a poorish rural California area towns aren't even big enough to be towns called Lake County above Napa next to Mendocino gorgeous mm-hmm. um, beautiful wines I've only got a, an appreciation for wine from that and then met a lot of really neat chefs that came through the facilities at the ranch because the ranch that my father worked at was uh, 
used as facilities for personal growth. And so they, they would have executive, I, I knew what an executive chef was before anybody in my elementary school or, or even high school, like what's an executive chef? Like you have to go over the hill to the, to the, to the mall to do something like that. <laughs> so that, that was kind of fun. Like I, I knew what a, a professional kitchen looked like and I think that's also why I always avoided it because that mm-hmm. seemed fun to my ADHD brain. I was like, there's way too much happening. Mm. Fun. Like when I cook with mom, it's slow. Yeah. You know, if it doesn't come out on time, whatever. Yeah. That, that was exactly my problem with cooking in a kitchen. I have some ADD problems that are recently diagnosed as an adult and like just the ability to like focus and put attention to detail on like so much coming at me at once was really, really hard. Like just too fast. And I, I, I was like, I don't think I can be this fast. Yeah. And that's how you had to make money in food. You have to be able to make food fast. Yeah. It seems no, I will do slow food and hopefully it will fund my hobby. <laughs> That's great. Do you have ambitions to do this professionally someday? Um, we'll see. We'll see how it grows. I recently decided to go back into massage therapy. So we'll see what doing both feels like. Um, we'll go from there. Uh, with this pandemic and with everything feeling so heavy, it's just so hard to plan and to be ambitious about anything. I kind of want to just be here now. And yep. See yeah. See where that takes. I'm in recovery, and we always say when you make a plan, God laughs. So. <laughs> Seems that way. Yeah. Every time I've made a plan, a liar. Liar. She's and a I kinder. love her. Yes, She's that's... fucking hilarious. She does an amazing podcast. <laughs> yeah. About dating. I mean, it's called like nailed it. That show nailed yeah. it. Where you're just like, so you're just <laughs> yeah, she's very funny. write it all she's down. Been on, you're like, um, chewed up queens a couple no. times too. I think. <laughs> oh my god, I love, I love her. That, that, okay. that. All right. Well, um, what? Let's go ahead and ask our five questions, honey. Yeah. Let's start on that. Uh, do you want to do it? I don't have them in front of me. Okay. Um, so, what is your favorite thing to cook right now? Um. it's it's either it's spam fried rice is always at the top of the list um and um bacon carbonara i've been i've been doing that quite a bit lately and then just changing it up with either different herbs or uh, or heat levels or different types of of meat Uh, and that's only because i've been watching um um stanley tucci's uh, cnn show where he's in italy going across italy tasting all the food and I'm like, oh, I need to make pasta. (laughs) It's always going to be some sort of noodle. Awesome. What is your favorite um, restaurant where you live now? Such a hard question to ask. And my favorite pizza restaurant is Scotty's. Pizza parlor, hands down. They're they're amazing. They hire queers and they pay well. They do. Amazing pizza. Um, and then 
after that is going to be nongs. I love mm. me some chicken and rice. Um, I haven't, you know, it's hard to think because I haven't been regularly going to, to restaurants. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then who's your favorite chef? Let's say. Favorite chef. Kenji Lopez Alt right now is my favorite chef. Absolutely. I, I watch him every single day. I'm like, oh, I haven't seen this show from two years ago. Okay. Let's try that out. <laughs> All right. And then we have a little tradition in our podcast. Um, we do two things. One is one for the jar and one is throw glitter in the air. So one for the jar is something that you're irritated about in pop culture from the past week. Irritated about, annoyed about pop culture, news, anything, anything in your personal life, whatever. And throw glitter in the air is something that you just found so awesome this week. So what is your one for the jar? And then we'll each go around to say our thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. The thing for the jar. I am I'm constantly annoyed, but it was really annoying this week when I was looking at pizza recipes and pizza stories that they're all and And even just, just all the cooking shows that I watch online, I'm trying to change the algorithm algorithm and I look for for folks who are not white like mm -hmm. I want to look at other chefs I want other stories and I go and I click subscribe subscribe just subscribe and these same five fucking white guys home chefs that have like I don't know paid a thousand robots to keep them in the top 10 I'm like I don't want to like I'll even like try to delete them from I'm like don't show me that don't show me that again and these same oh. five guys uh, and it's because I, it's probably because I like one of them. I like binging with Babish. I like his stuff, but nice. the other guys in his orbit, I'm like, I'm, no, no way. Um, he's kind of the, he's kind of the OG uh, vlog home chef. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Aaron or honey, what's your uh, one for the jar this week? My one for the jar is, uh, Britney Spears family, like fuck all of that free Britney Spears. Um, I was at work looking. <laughs> so for my day job, I do instructional design and I was looking up resiliency at work and somehow ended up on the free Britney hashtag. Like I don't quite know where that came from, but so then I was like, I, then I like found a couple podcasts that like showed up and one of them was like the full testimony and I like listened to the whole thing just because I was like well listen to this and it's a lot and wild and it's like been on everybody's you know radar for a little bit but like honestly just like really fuck her parents like I don't care as much about her little sister I know everyone's coming for her little sister and I also feel like that is dripping and fucking uh misogyny but um but yeah Free Britney. That's my one for the jar. All right. My Britney one Spears. Britney, free Britney Spears. My one for the jar is that that misogyny towards servers oh, continues to exist. Um, your friend dropped out. Yeah, battery died. Be back. I got okay. those were the texts that I got. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, let's see. Looks okay. like the computer overheated. Oh no. So you may just want to keep going. Okay. Um, my one for the jar is that misogyny towards servers continues to exist. Um, we were in a restaurant 
<sighs> well, we ordered lunch um, along Route 66. We just randomly went to a place in a rural town. And, you know, the guy was like flirting with the waitress and it was just, Ugh. it just felt so creepy. And like the fact that it continues to go on like that in that role just burns my, burns my biscuits. Yeah. Yeah. I always hate when I see that. Cause it's so, it's like, wow, this person has no choice, but to talk to you right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh. And especially in like a small town, you really have to put up with it. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Are they coming back? I don't know. I said, come back if you can. And I haven't seen anything. Are Should we just do our... What? Are you getting like a shrill kind of sound? Okay, it must just be on my end. I hope it's not on the pod. Mm -mm. Um, do we want to just do our uh, glitter yeah. in the air? Glitter in the air. Uh, my glitter in the air is my uh, little weekend getaway that I took while my partner's out of town. I took my own ass out of town and it was great. I went to the Southwester. It was a cancer and full moon and I went to the water. Um. I had like a headache while I was there, but that's okay. I just like relaxed. And even today I slept for maybe like three hours when I got home. It was awesome. That's amazing. Izzy's Hi, back. Izzy. That's my I other glitter in the air. Izzy's back. Izzy's back. Sorry my, about that. That's okay. My one for the jar was misogyny towards servers that it continues to exist. Cause I <laughs> ate lunch in a, in a tiny, restaurant in a rural area um of route 66 today and a guy was trying to flirt with the waitress and it just was terrible and she had to just put up with it it made it burns my biscuits i said <laughs> uh your glitter in the air is restfulness and being out of town uh, my glitter in the air is that i managed to put together a tea party wedding shower for my partner's niece in Quincy, Illinois. And it was beautiful. And it just, it was like, I was unsure of myself for most of the prep prep time. And like, for me, seeing that it came out really well, that people loved it. They loved my food. They loved the baking. Like it just reaffirms to me that like, I'm on the right path. Like, I'm not sure what I'm doing, but I'm somehow stepping forward on the right path that's so good it looked really cute yeah oh and my other glitter in the air is for our 63 instagram followers boom there's 65 but you know two are me and my partner so <laughs> and what's yeah. your glitter in the air izzy um my glitter in the air was um i I got a text from my friend uh, actually today saying I went over to her place on Wednesday and did a pizza in the backyard thing with just her. And she has a really hard time relaxing and, and chilling and just can just kind of being with. And um, she just quit her job, like to start her own thing with a, with a friend. And 
So she was, she was just like, I can't cry. I just feel numb. I just, I just need to chill out. And I was like, or not. And let's just eat pizza. And, you know, I've got this. And let's talk shit. And let's not. And let me talk about my life. And I'll cry in front of you. Is, is that helping? And she's like, no, yes. Keep going. <laughs> it was fun. So we just, I hung out for like four hours. Um, and then I needed to get going and it was, it was pretty easy. And I, you know, she didn't tell me that she was having a hard time that day. She, there was a lot of sign going on. <sighs> so I had a, had a hunch, but I wasn't, I was there to eat pizza and not poke. Um, and so I got a, a text saying, you know, thanks for helping me chill. That was really hard, but really important. And I appreciate you and make it a lot easier to chill. And who would have known that that was a skill, but you got it in spades. I was like, I've got chill. Okay. You do. You do. You do when it comes to other people. You do. Sure. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to other people. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. So All right. Is- where can we find you and pizza darling? I am Pizza Darling PDX on the Instagrams. I think it's pizza.darling.pdx on on Instagrams. And that is where it exists for now. Okay. And then I am Isley Bear Eats Victoriously. That is my personal one. And I post a lot of my, all my foods on there. Awesome. Say it again. Isley. Isley Bear. It's like Grizzly Bear without the grr. Because I'm I'm nicer than a Grizzly Bear. (laughs) Isley Bear eats victoriously. Fabulous. So thank you so much for joining us. This is really, really lovely. I'm really thrilled with all the work that you're doing and it seems like you're on a really good path. Um, Thank you. Yeah. I um, can't wait to get to Portland to eat your foods. (laughs) Cannot wait to cook together. This has been an episode of Les Eat, produced by Honey LaFleur and JT Newman. You can find us on Instagram at Les Eat Pod. Our royalty-free theme is brought to you by Music for Video Library on YouTube. You can find us on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and hope to see you again soon. <laughs>